Hello, this is Larry Dan, and you're listening to The Bill Podcast. Well, I'm very lucky today, as I'm sat in a club room of a cracking pub in the East End of London, the Counting House. Thank you for having us. I'm here to celebrate the life and career of a very gifted human being and one of the Bill's all-time greats. Suzanne Maddock, welcome to the Bill Podcast. Thank you very much and thanks for asking me to do this. I'm chuffed that you're doing this and we've got to thank Ben Payton as well for, yeah. for hooking us up. Thanks Ben. Is this a fantastic experience for you to be asked to talk about the Bill and, and does it still follow you around? It does follow me around, I think it always will. And mm. the strange thing is, although people don't recognise me now because I look a bit different, I've got blonde hair, I'm not as weighty as I used to be, and the fact that I'm only five foot two and everyone thought I was about six foot, <laughs> um, yeah, it does follow me around. But it's, it's people recognise my voice still, because yeah. my voice hasn't really changed that much. It's great to be able to do this because it was a long time ago. I'm in my 40s now, I was only in my 20s then. It reminds me of, you know, how rock and roll I used to be Damn before right. kids came along and marriage came along. And yeah, so it's, it's lovely to do. Talk to me about your early life. Where did you grow up and, and at what point did the acting bug kick in? Um, so I grew up in a place called New Brighton, which is in the Wirral, which is near Liverpool. So I'm not actually a true scouser. I know I sound it, yeah. even after living down here for 20 years. Yeah. I, you know, I've still got the accent, always will have. I'm a daughter of a fisherman. And my mum's housewife, so there's absolutely no acting in in our family at all. But I can say that my dad is a very sort of extrovert character, always telling a good story, as you can imagine being a fisherman. (laughs) Uh, My mum, very quiet lady, bit of an introvert, a cracking singing voice. So my mum was a really good singer, and that's what I wanted to go into, first of all. Now, I used to watch all the old movies, The Sound of Music, you know, Doris Day, um, all the old classical, um, you know, The King and I, when I was little. And that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to dress up and I wanted to be a singer. But little did I know, it was more of the acting that would take me into that career. Although I think I'm probably a better singer than I am an actor. (laughs) Or actress. Well, you must be a bloody good singer because you're a bloody (laughs) good actress. Thank you, thank you. (laughs) If that was the case, how did an acting career at such a young age happen? So at school I did show a flair for acting. Um, I enjoyed drama. Um, and used to get quite good grades at drama. So GCSE, I, I flew, um, got an A. I knew that I wanted to uh, carry on with that. And although it was in my heart, you know, people used to say to me, what do you want to do when you leave school? And I'd say, yeah, I want to be an actor. People that surrounded me where I grew up, especially my family, would say, well, we, we support that, but you need to think about if it doesn't happen and falling back on a proper job and a proper career. Right. I used to think, no, I want to be an actor, but I'd keep it to myself and not tell anyone. So I went to uh, do A-levels, and I did theatre studies, photography, and I did English Lit, under the pretense to everyone else that I wanted to be a photographer or a teacher. But really, my heart was in the theatre studies that I thought, I'm, you know, I'm going to make, I'm going to make it somehow, if not as an actor, as a director. So that was my fallback job. You know, right. if, if I didn't make it as an actor, not that it is a fallback job, but it was my alternative. So I was at college doing my A-levels, um, again, did very well in those. But about eight weeks before the exams were due to start, there was posters up around the building advertising um, auditions over in Liverpool on a Saturday morning. 
for um, a film that Alan Bleasdale was producing as part of the Alan Bleasdale Presents series on Channel 4, and it was called Blood on the Dole. So I thought, do you know what, I'm going to go for that, this might be it. So um, it was uh, well before the days of X Factor and, you know, all these talent shows, but that's pretty much what it was like. So I turned up at this room very hungover. I'd been out the night before (laughs) to a party and felt so dreadful the next day. And I turned up dying. The room was full of people, like, just... I walked in and nearly walked straight back out again because I thought, I'm going to be here all day, dying. So um, I decided to stay, had a little sleep, uh, drank a bottle of water, ate my packed lunch, and um, I went in front of the camera. I was probably one of the last few in the room, and I went in front of the camera, met the casting director, and the camera broke as I said, hello, my name's Suzanne... Hold on, hold on, we've got an issue with the camera. And the camera broke on my go. So I was just thinking, this is it. Mm. Anyway, because that happened, they called me back for a second go. So I had to go over to Liverpool and audition again. So this time it had been whittled down from, say, 800 people down to a a few hundred. So again, I sat there all day just with girls now. So they were picking up the lead girl, Cathy. I got called back again and again. So now it was down to two girls. How, how bad is this? It's down to two girls. It was me and someone else. And by this point, I'd met Alan Bleasdale and the director, Pip Broughton. And Alan had said to Pip how he felt that I had what it took to be Cathy. He saw Cathy in me. And not so much in the other girl, although the other girl was very good and she was also given a role in Blood on the Dole. And we had to both go. She was in the morning and I was in the afternoon. And we had to both go and have an audition with Alan, with the other cast members that had already been cast, and with Pip, the director. And she'd been there all morning, this other actress, and when I arrived, they were all very friendly, all very pally, and I felt a little bit like she's definitely got this, and I haven't. She's a bit older than me as well. Did my audition, and Alan says to me now, I was rooting for you, you know, the whole way. He draped a coat over my shoulders, just made it look really good, took it out into into his gardens, and worked with Pip, and got told later that afternoon that the part was mine and you've never heard people screaming so loud in your life so it literally changed my life overnight my mum and my best friend with me when I was told we just danced and partied and my tutor at college gave me the time off to go and film I was out of college for six weeks to do the filming came back straight into my exams and I passed and and did really well in my A-levels as well so I was very lucky I watch these programmes like X Factor now and I know how crushing they can be Mm. and and how it can affect you mentally. I was so lucky, you know, it was a a God-given opportunity. You must have been buzzing. Oh, it was, it was, so I felt like going to all my family because everyone who'd said, oh, you know, it's, you've got to be so lucky, you've got to be so talented, you know, get a proper job. I was just like, look, you can do it. You know, I did it. Yeah. So filming was just fantastic. It was right. such a brilliant experience. I loved every single moment. And we used to get um, the timesheets for the next day, you know, for the filming. And it was brought to me every evening um, by a taxi driver. And on the timesheet, if I wasn't in the next day, I used to be really at a loose end thinking, oh, they're all filming without me. Oh. I used to love being there every day, the yeah. best environment. And once I'd had a taste of it, I knew I didn't want to ever go back. It strikes me, and tell me if I'm wrong... It- you're a very instinctive actress. I used to regard myself, and this sounds so actorish, as more of a reactor than an actor. At college, I used to work for a company uh, that dealt with training of social workers. 
and I was asked to be um, like study cases so I'd be given study cases and I'd have to pretend to be you know a 10 year old girl with a background and at first you could see the, the social workers coming into the environment before training days but you know a big mm. thing like they are today mm. and you could see them a little bit sort of like no oh, what's this going to be like you know she's obviously you know early uh, or late teens you know and it, it's not really set up very well but I used to be in tears and they believed it and they were in the moment and after the training and the feedback we used to get it was absolutely brilliant and I think that sort of really heavy emotional reacting you only went in with your background of what you know your, your case study was and you had to build on that and mm. the questions they were asking and the, the way they were trying to get the information out of you it was a real way of learning the, the, the art I suppose yeah. that was good good grounding for what I went on to do definitely the character of Kathy what was your thought process so I thought differently then it was the first thing I'd ever done I didn't approach it in any way. I learnt the lines. I turned up on set and I said the lines. I didn't look for subtext. You know, now given a script, I'd be thinking it through. I'd be going, okay, so where is she here? You know, what's she thinking? No. I learnt the lines and I went in and I let the director, Pip, do her job to say, okay, in this scene, you're doing this, you're doing this, you're thinking this. And I did it. And I've always took pride in the fact that I'm always good in the first take. By take six, I'm not so good because I am a reactor um, and I I did find it difficult to maintain the freshness, I suppose. That was always the challenge. The more you did something, the more rehearsed it became Mm. and maybe that's not the best way for me to do it because I'm not a trained actor. I never went to drama school. I never went to do a degree in it. I, I was straight off the street. Raw talent from the gut. Well... Uh, <laughs> I that... thought you were going to say raw talent from the gutter. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, hey, hey. <laughs> so, how did it feel at the end of a shoot? Heartbreaking, devastated, it was over, but very mm. happy of what was produced. Very f- packed full of language. It's a very scouse film, written by Jim Allen and produced by Alan Bleasdale. I absolutely loved it, and it looked, it's got a very special place in my heart. I met loads of really amazing people, like some of the cast members who have got tiny bit parts. Big, crazy actors that I look back and have God, I worked with him. It's a lovely piece of work, and I look back on it with pride. I actually saw a few clips the other night, because we, we, I had dinner with Alan Bleasdale last week, oh, um, wow. and he met my husband for the first time, and I wanted to show my husband you know, what Alan had done. Because mm. my, my husband's a, a cockney lad, he's not a scouser, he doesn't, you know, you're not brought up on Alan Bleasdale when he's <laughs> yeah. So I wanted him to just have a taste of, of who this chap was he was going to meet. And it was lovely, and I watched it and thought, I look so young, <laughs> and my voice is so high-pitched. And yeah, it was bizarre, but it was so lovely. And with that... Presumably it was a spring ball. What happened next? So the continuity lady from Blood on the Dole was then going on to work on Ken Loach's Land and Freedom. Wow. And Ken Loach was in Liverpool at the time, casting on the street. He was going up to people he had casting directors out there, pulling people in for auditions. Um, and she called my mum and said, I think uh, Suzanne needs to go for this. Ken's expecting her. So my mum phoned college and said... Bill Roach has been on the phone. And I went, what? <laughs> Bill Roach has been on the phone. So my, my tutor is going, it's not, it's Ken Loach. She meets Ken Loach. He's, Mum, is it Ken Loach? Yeah, that's it. Bless her. 
he wants to see you this afternoon, so we got the bus straight over to Liverpool and I walked um, and auditioned for Land and Freedom and again got that and at yeah. this point didn't even have an agent. Wow. Amazing, eh? And I didn't know who Ken Loach was and, you know, I'm in this uh, film that won uh, an award at Cannes, I think it was Best International Film and I'm working with this, like, amazing, amazing, groundbreaking and I didn't have a clue who he was. You know, I'm in a film going to Cannes. I didn't go to Cannes, didn't have an idea what Cannes was. Now, I'd be, like, all over it, yeah. you know. But also now, then, there's no internet, there's no Facebook no. or Twitter, and pe- people would be making a lot of fuss about this. Yeah, you know, but... I'm glad it was like that. I'm glad I'm not having the experience now. Yeah. I don't think it would be good for the Suzanne of the 1990s. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I was a, quite an innocent girl and um, a bit naive... Right. And yeah, it would have been more of a roller coaster than it was at the time. I'm glad it was then and not now. You then started to break into television acting, sort of like casualty, and then you got a regular role on Ireland. Was that a kids show? It was a kids show. So, yeah. um, so Pip Broughton, the director, her agent said, "Oh, we love Suzanne. They watched the film. Oh, we want to represent her." So I just got an agent, you know, handed yeah. to me. Well, can we represent you? One of the best in the in the industry. And from that, you know, the jobs came along. So Ireland was set over in Jersey. I had to go and live there for a couple of months every summer. I did two two series of that with a great bunch of actors all under the age of 25. We had an absolute riot. We drank Jersey dry. It was fantastic. (laughs) Um, I had so much fun and went to go back there again the following year to do series two. My first experience away from home and Mm. how acting can take you away from home. Mm. Um, And I did struggle with that slightly. A little bit homesick, but loved what I was doing. And the difference making episodic television from a feature film a lot faster, a lot more to learn? or I would say, yeah, more to learn, a bit more intensive, a little less money. And I would probably say I enjoy film for the look of it at the end. Yeah, yeah. Then you're casting what was a very, very popular series, Hetty Wainfrock Investigates. I've got absolutely no idea why it got axed, and I know that Patricia was very upset about that. Mm. It was left on such a cliffhanger with my my character and Dominic Monaghan's character yeah. that it was actually quite a cruel ending, and it would be brilliant to revisit that. I loved doing Hetty Wainthrop. It was a brilliant series, and to work with Patricia was excellent because she's such an amazing actress in the fact that she can do continuity-wise anything and then replicate it again in the next take. Her continuity is absolutely brilliant and I learned so much from just watching her. Mm. So sometimes I wouldn't be, I'd be on set watching as opposed to waiting around for the next scene. I'd be watching Patricia quite a lot. Dominic and I got on really well, good pal. So yeah, I loved Hetty Wainthrop. It was quite interesting how I got the part on Hetty because I think it was in the first or second series Dominic's character, Jeffrey, got involved with a, a girl who was setting fire to things. And Sarah Bird, who's casting the episode, called me and said, we'd really like you to, to go up for this role. We think you're probably going to get it. Mm. And I said no, because my agent said, don't hold fire, there might be a bigger role later. So when Sarah Bird called me back and said, actually, uh, you know, we're looking for a girlfriend of Jeffrey, she pretty much insinuated, you know, if you turn this one down, I won't be recommending you for anything else. Oops! Right. So I definitely went for it and, and got the role. Uh, haven't I been lucky? You, you may have, but, but good things happen to good people. If it had all gone to your own and you were a nightmare to work with, these opportunities wouldn't have come along. Yeah. 
didn't go to your head. Is that no, fair it, to do say? Do you know what? It, that is totally fair to say. It didn't go to my head, never has, and it never would. Mm. Um, I am who I am, and whether I'm cleaning the toilet at Euston Station or, you know, I'm an actress on, on the big screen, I am who I am and I'm nice to everybody, whatever mm. walk of life. And hopefully, if I can pass that on to my kids, that's, that's a good thing to be. Because in the industry, as you can imagine, I came across many people who were not like that, very mm. rude, very up themselves. Um, the book I could write, I tell you, mm. um, but never would. Add <laughs> <laughs> on, no, I wouldn't do that. Um, and it just made me think, you know, no, I don't, I don't want to be like that. I'm, mm. I'm happier I am. Plus, my family would have kicked my head in <laughs> if I had to come back all lovey darling and oh no, I can't possibly do that. You know, it would be yeah. get over yourself. Yeah. So yeah. Did Hetty open the door for the bill? Certainly did. So Richard Hanford had seen Hetty Wainthrop, I believe he was a bit of a fan, and they were looking for a new copper to come in, and he called my agent and, and recommended that I audition. And what was quite interesting, because I sing, three weeks before I went up for Mamma Mia, the first ever Mamma Mia on the West End, got to meet Abba, um, got down to like the last five girls, I was one, one of the last castings for it, and I'm not a trained dancer and that's what let me down, and I didn't get the role. Absolutely broke my heart, you know, booking the dancing lesson straight away. Yeah. And a week later, I got the bill. Nice. You changed a quick step for walking the beat. Absolutely. <laughs> and cancelled the dancing lessons. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> How many auditions did you have to go through to get cast? Or was it one. One, one meet? Wow. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Tell me about Cass as a character and what you saw in her, what appealed to you. Do you know what? She's... I found her really annoying. Because <laughs> she was really cocky, which I'm not. So playing that was quite fun. I could really, you know, test that boundary and be a really cocky-nosed little, you know, aura. Because I'm not like that. Yeah. So that was quite a challenge. And also... You know, although I'm not soft and I can hold my own, mm. she's really hard. <laughs> like, she'd kick off and be nasty and yeah. not scared. She had that element of no fear, which I definitely haven't got. Mm. You know, I am always walking around double-checking things and aware of my mortality. But yeah. I think with, with her, she was just not afraid to go in with the lads. Similarities with us... I've always grown up with surrounded by men and not in that way, you know, just as, as friends. Yeah. Um, and I've had two sons and everybody has said to me, well, yeah, you were bound to because you're very, you're like the matriarch usually, you know, in a group yeah. of people. And uh, I was in a band for several years, all, again, all chaps. I've always gone towards a group of men as opposed mm. to a group of women. That's changed now in my 40s. I'm very more female-based but then, you know, Cass was the same. She's one of the lads. I was mm. big drinker. I was, yeah, she enjoyed that company of chaps. She was quite, a, a, you know, just a movement and everything. She was always mm. like up for a rock. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. A good laugh. Yeah, she's quite fun to play. Well, you played her magnificently. Thank you. Yeah, it's a pleasure. What qualities did you admire about her? She could go into a pub that was erupting in major violence yeah. and control it. Yeah, you know, yeah, not yeah. instead of running the other way, which you'd see if it happened in here now. She had that element of no fear. Mm. What's quite funny is my youngest boy, my, my son Fred, who's two, he's like that. And I think, I wonder if that's like the spirit of cast. I do think every role you play or react with, you, you do take on a bit of that character. I always remember driving along 
And because she was a copper, and she was always a copper, even after work, apart from when she was taking drugs and you know yeah. sleeping with the <laughs> with the suspect, and <laughs> um, she was always a copper and couldn't really leave that behind. Mm. And I started to do that. So I'd take my makeup off at the end of the day, jump in my car to drive around the corner to where I lived in Wimbledon. I'd see someone driving without a seatbelt, and I'd be going, giving them hand signals, you know, seatbelt, and I'd be thinking, hold on, I'm not a copper. Yeah. You know, it was really strange. You do start to take on characteristics of the characters you play. You really do. So at the time, I did get a bit more cocky. I did get a bit more feisty. Even just talking about it now, I can feel it coming back yeah. in. Do you know what I mean? The adrenaline's going. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So it's an, it's an odd thing acting. It does strange things to you. <laughs> and how familiar were you with the bill? Had it been a series you'd watched as you grew up? Oh, God, yeah. Well, like wonderful. every... Well, I used to watch it when it was Tuesdays and Thursdays, individual episodes not linked in, in, a, in a time frame or, you know, um, a series way. When it was the proper bill, I say it was the proper bill then. You know, Tosh Lines, all, all the old guys, yeah. Burnside, Mark Wing, Carver. So, yeah, I, I did watch the bill yeah. with all my family. Wow. So when I came home and said, I've landed a role in the bill, and my family threw a surprise party for me, which was brilliant shocking horrible but really lovely they meant well and my first day on the bill was just taken of one of the most surreal moments of my life because mm. I'm standing there with these living legends who I've watched since I was a wee girl and I'm acting like Colin Tarrant you know was in my first scene my first scene was with the man yeah and I remember just pinching myself and and, and Lisa Gagan was yeah. also in the background of the I think she had one or two lines I'm in that first scene. That's going back some time now. And it was a case of pinch myself. I had to be so prepared with what I was going to say. And I remember the stress I was under learning the lines. Because I knew, I can't get this wrong. Mm. I have to completely nail this. For two reasons. I'm with legends and I don't want to come across as like someone flimsy. Missing link in the chain. And also... Cass was so cocky and feisty, I had to nail that as well. So, yeah, it was being totally confident, and that's what I struggled with, I think, All right. on my first day. Cass Rickman is so well-defined and established in that opening episode, you can recognise her four years later on as the same character. Yeah. Other people are so way off. They're still working out what the character's going to do or how people are going to play them. You went in and smashed it, in my humble opinion. Thank you. That's an absolutely brilliant observation, what you've made, and, and I thank the writers for that. Mm. They gave me so much to work on. Mm. And yes, it was you know it was Baptism of Fire in the first episode. It was, there's cast, this is what she's made of, and it carried through. And I did feel sorry for the actors who didn't quite get that establishment at the, the beginning. I was so lucky to have that. Ben Payton has, has asked me to ask you something here. Oh, <laughs> God. I dread this. <laughs> Go on. Uh, apparently, after your first episode aired, you you went for a walk. Your... <laughs> oh no! I can't believe he's told you this. I was oh, I was telling Alan Bleasdale this last week. I can't believe I'm telling this story again in the same week. I'm going to have to tell it now, aren't I? Yes, please. So, not having ever really been recognised, although you know the odd Hetty fan would pick up on me now and then. The bill was such a massive programme to do I stupidly thought after one episode of the next day everyone's going to know me (laughs) so I walked through Rains Park where I lived and it was a hot summer's day and people were actually looking at me and I thought I'm getting recognised as people smiling sort of winking and I'm thinking yeah I'm being recognised this is amazing I've made it I'm famous and a chap came over and went to me "Um, 
excuse me, um, your skirt's ridden up. <laughs> and when I looked down, I had this, like, not short skirt. It was, like, above the knee, but, you know, nice. It was made of two layers of cloth. And as I'd been walking, the underlayer had sort of gathered around my waist. It had ridden up. And you could see everything. <laughs> and I looked and went, <gasps> and then was just trying to, you know, pull my skirt down. And, I th- and this is another reason... These days, that would have been packed oh, everywhere. Yeah, yeah. The build-up to a new character coming into a show. Yeah. You know, luckily it wasn't like that in those days. No. There was a bit here and there in a few magazines, but not anything like a, a character coming into EastEnders would yeah, be today, no, say. Place, it, yeah. That would have been everywhere. Yeah. Um, so very lucky, again, it was back in the 90s and not now. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> a, a lot of fun I had re-watching this one, Sunhill Boulevard. Cass bunks off work <laughs> and ends up in a crime scene. That must have been such a fun episode filming around the pool. It was brilliant on the sunny days, but there were a couple of not-so-sunny days where it wasn't so nice, I've got to say. But working with Matt Crompton was brilliant. We get on like a house on fire. Again, a fellow northerner, so yeah. we had you know that solidarity straight away. We tried to find a red swimsuit, and I remember going out with costume trying to find this red swimsuit, and we must have traipsed around the shops for about six hours all over London, couldn't find one. Um, so eventually, you know, they got one. I, I think they had to get it from America or something. It was very Baywatching. But anyway, um, it was brilliant, and that was working with a great director called Chris Lovett, who's a good friend of mine on, on Facebook now. We keep in touch. And we had such a laugh. I can't tell you. I can't actually tell you some of the stories on that one. Yeah, loved it. Loved that episode. Except the scene, Cass jumps off the diving board at the end. That was a stunt woman. Right. Because um, I'm not great with uh, diving into water, I've got to say. Mm. But then I had to be in the water for the next, you know, the cut. Oh, it was so cold. Oh, yeah, I can't night. Yeah. tell you how cold that was. But, you know, you, you do it for your art. <laughs> do you remember your line when you order a sex on the beach cocktail yeah can I have a bit more sex and a little less beach this time please I do remember that <laughs> yeah. I remember that what a great line yeah. they gave cast wonderful storylines mm. my husband's watched some recently because he, he never knew me when I was an actress right. and um, he's watched some and thinks you know, yeah it's really good I was lucky that the writers enjoyed my character and wrote a lot for my character I mean you were superb in this blowing it all away Cass ends up in a situation where there's a, a, a drug raid, MS-15, or then investigating you going through your locker, chuck, chucking your stuff out. When I hear you saying this, yeah. I'm thinking, oh yeah, I remember that, oh yeah. It makes me want to go and re-watch it, I've got oh, to say. Oh, yeah, yeah, I think I will. I've only got good memories of that episode. From what you've said, things have gone ping, ping, ping in my mind. Mm. Was that with Sue Tully? Yes. I loved working with Sue Tully a brilliant director and she was so good because she'd been an actress she knows it from both sides of the camera you know Mm. we had great fun but also she gave me some really good advice I just remember her directing made me nail it on first time takes you know yeah she was brilliant although I nearly got my head taken off in that episode there's a scene that we filmed in Brixton in like an underground cavernous club oh yes Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah and there's a scene where I had to, had quite a lot to say. I can't remember what it was. Obviously, it's 15 years ago. 
I'm talking and talking and talking and the light fell down behind me and hit me and oh. nearly took my head off. So somewhere out there there's a great outtake yeah. of me nearly getting decapitated. Oh, blimey. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you didn't. <laughs> there was quite a few accidents in the bill, actually. I did an episode, there was a bank robbery yeah. and I was part of it and I had to yeah. um, wrestle the gun out of the chap's hand. And as, in the wrestle, because I used to say, because I'm, you know, I'm pretty strong, yeah. go for it. And he really did, and he clobbered me on the wrist with the gun, and we thought we had had a broken wrist, oh. but I carried on anyway. And I think I did have a small fracture in, in my wrist. And also, there was a really nasty one where it was myself and Smithy had to jump off a really high wall, and I remember the shot. It's our feet landing and running, right. and the wall was quite high, I'd say. It was probably about my size, about five foot. But I didn't, I didn't warm up because you didn't in those days. If I was going to jump off a five-foot wall now, I'd stretch out a little bit, you know, and get ready and, yeah. and sort of warm up straight after lunch. Did it, and I um, pulled a muscle in my, in my leg, oh. so I had to go for physio for about six weeks. Yeah, so I was always getting injured in the bill. Yeah, but yeah. Um, only because, I, you know, I was young, I was silly, and I was, like, going for it. Did you spend any time with the real police at all? We got the opportunity. When I first got the part, I was meant to go on a, a ride around with the police, I mean, it got cancelled because something had happened, something had kicked off overnight, so they cancelled it very last minute. So I never, ever had a chance to do that. Although I did do police driving with a driving instructor. So they took me round a track and they watched how I drove. And then they said, OK, this is how you need to be driving. And it was such good fun. Mm. And it, it taught me, stay a bit further back from the car in front. And I must say that the things I learned on that police driving course, I still apply today. And we had riot training. Uh, again, I'm so sorry, I can't remember the episode titles. <laughs> you, you did 180 episodes, so it's... You did know. I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or we were in a riot van, and the, the van was being rocked. Matt Crompton and I had to abseil. But in that, we had proper police riot training. And the rioters outside the van, shaking the van, were all the police, um, ah. you know, to keep it. And they were throwing petrol bombs, and it was really good. It, and at one point, I got so told off, because as the van was being rocked, they were doing an external shot. But they could hear me laughing and screaming inside, because <laughs> I was enjoying it so much. <laughs> and they were like, uh, can we be quiet inside, and let's go for another take? I was like, I'm sorry. And I think they wasted about, like, six petrol bombs in that take. So I got told off for that. But these are the things, like, I, I look back at the bill and go, God, the things I did, who gets to be in the back of a van in a riot and, yeah. you know, be one of the boys chucking things, abseiling. That programme, again, gave me so many life experiences that I would never have had anywhere else. And I do get to be a bit of a bore sometimes because... People say, oh, we're doing this this weekend. And I go, oh, we've done that. You know, and or oh, my cousin's doing this and, and they're abseiling from this. So oh, I've abseiled. So now I just don't say anything anymore. I just think I'm such a bore. I've, like, done everything. Although I really haven't. I've got so much more I want to do. But, no, it, it opened many doors for me in, in that respect. Because it, you're describing it, it just sounds like a dream job for an actor. I mean, you were in a period where there were two sets of major cast changes. And that, that must have been a very strange time. Your friends, your colleagues... Matt Crompton, Ben Payton, you know, they're getting killed off. Mm. These are really, really good actors. It must have been a very strange atmosphere for those of you who, who stayed on. It was. It was a really cruel and hard time um, for everyone, I think. The first, what would you say? Uh, it's fair to call it an exodus. I exodus. Mean, the... So the first exodus 
was all the old cast yeah. members who everyone had grown to really truly love, you know. Mm. That was absolutely heartbreaking for me. And especially seeing, you know, the reaction of people around me, because that was the proper bill to me, and that was a very sad time. Mm. But they did it for the, you know, for their own reasons, and and, and it still proved to, the, you know, the Bill fans who were fantastic, mm. kept that, you know, interest and ran along with it and, and carried us through, and that was brilliant. And the next group of guys who came along were also fantastic, and it carried the bill through again. And there was no lack of anything, you know, it just it just matured and it just, it worked. Mm. And then they did it again and there was another mass exodus. Mm. And I was so lucky to stay during both. But yes, I missed the first group of people and then I really missed the second as well. Yeah. It was, it was very hard. From your point of view, was it your decision to, to go? No, it wasn't. Right. Um, so I was called in uh, that usual Friday afternoon thing mm. uh, to see Paul Marquis. And he told me the plans that they had for Cass and the fact that, you know, the Sunhill serial killer would, would kill her. So it was a bittersweet moment because, obviously, it meant my exit from the show. Yeah. But at the same time, God, what an exit. You well, know, yeah. they were giving me this fantastic out, an amazing storyline. Mm. Um, and how many people can go, you know, when I was murdered back in 19... You know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's, it, or in the year 2000. So, yeah, it's... Um, it was a bittersweet time for me. Mm. It wasn't my choice, but as soon as I'd got over the initial shock, because I had just bought a flat in Wimbledon and was a bit like, eek, yeah. you know, financially. But once I'd got over the initial shock, I was happy with it. And I think that was the point where I thought, well, actually, I'm going to go and try other things now. And I, I, right. after I left, and I really enjoyed filming all that, I worked with John Davis, the director, and I love John Davis. And I was so glad it was him to do my final episodes. Brilliant chap. After that, I thought, right, I'm going to have a bit of a break. I'm going to go and climb the mountains. I'm going to go and run the marathons. I'm going to go and travel the world and use the money that I've made. And Because yeah. I didn't have much of a break in the, the four or five years I was there. No. I worked solidly. You know, I had the odd holiday here and there, but not anything like I needed. I needed to go. Mm. So during that time, looking back now, it possibly could have been a, a career mistake, but everything's meant to be. I made the decisions I made at the time. But I got offered some roles during that time. Uh, just after leaving the build, that I actually turned down because I wanted to go and be myself and mm. travel and, and, and I climbed Kilimanjaro and I, I ran the London Marathon and I trekked the Great Wall of China. Amazing. I've since done um, Everest. So you make the decisions, don't you? And I think yeah. having that year, it was slightly over a year off where I said, actually, I'm not going to work, it was probably detrimental to my career in the long run. But it is as it is and I'm not looking back with any regret. I mean, since the bill, I've done a couple of little bits, like I've done an episode of Casualty, yeah. but my main thing has been voiceover work, so I've got a great agent with Earache Voices in London. You look on their website and the people they've got, you know, I'm up there with some big people. Yeah. And I do voiceover work, and that's brilliant because people recognise my voice. Yeah. It, I can turn up looking like this, you know, it's not <laughs> hair and makeup a half six and <laughs> endless costume fittings and all that. I love voiceover. And yeah. it's, it's the way I'm sort of just naturally progressing to. It's not an easy watch your exit storyline. That, that final episode is still harrowing. Imagine how my dad felt watching it. I bet. I mean, I, I mean... lost my mum, unfortunately, uh, during the filming of the bill. She, she died of cancer, which, again, makes the time on the bill such a poignant time for me because yeah. it's, it's, not, you know, it's not a great thing to lose your mum, mm. especially at such a young age. Um, so 
being surrounded by the, those cast members to get me through that as well just means we're lifelong friends. Yes. And when I do meet up with them, it's only like they've you know walked out the door about two weeks ago as opposed to 15 years ago. Yeah. Uh, and it will always be like that. It, it's funny because filming such an intensive, short period of time where all these intense you know relationships are formed and you have such a laugh with these people, you get to know these people and then they're gone out of your life. And it's like that on everything you do. But it's special with the bill, especially for me, because losing my mum at that time, those people, you know, I'll never forget what they did for me. Well, it is an exceptional performance. Thank you. It, it really is. Did they cut... Is that your hair that they... It gets cut in the Oh, I should have, ruined, that, should have yeah. ruined the... Uh, yeah, so it was a wig. <laughs> right. Uh, they made... I'm lucky to have very scraggy hair. <laughs> yeah. They could easily um, make into a wig. They had to put a bald cap on me first and then put the wig on. Um, so when they were cutting my hair, I was actually, you know, um, sat at home with my family watching it. And they were like, how did they first oh, touch right. my hair? How did they cut it off? I'm like, oh, really? You know? <laughs> so, yeah, that was, it was brilliant to film. I loved doing that scene. Yeah. It, was, it was harrowing because I have memories of it. And you think, oh, you know, it's really creepy because I've got memories of it. But it's not really me. You know what I mean? Uh, it's yeah. just a little bit weird. Yeah. Um, but loved it. The strangest thing was playing Cass's body wrapped in the, the, the stuff she was in. Paint, you know, sprayed blue. It, that mm. was really odd. And, and poor Rene. Yeah, had to fight. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I and felt the, sorry for Rene. The, the great, that the great that love that didn't. Oh, it was never dreadful. Never, and... I never got to kiss Rene's agger. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but we, we do pretty much all keep in touch. We all threaten, you know, we're going to get together and all this, and, and yeah. life moves on, and we never do. And unfortunately, you know, sometimes you get together at the, the times where you don't want to get together at funerals and things. Yeah, sure. Um, but we all are great buddies, and I love every every one of them. And we do keep in touch on Facebook. Isn't that sad, Facebook? And hopefully you'll see a few, because you're, you're doing the first proper The Bill convention in October. Yes. For Phantom um, so I've Films. So I've been asked to do that, which will be really lovely to do. Yeah. It'll be bizarre. <laughs> because since, honestly, since leaving The Bill, I went off, did, did all my things, all my life-changing things. I was in the tsunami. I was um, up up the Everest, up to 21,000 feet. Wow. Um, I've, you know, I've been in a 7.9 earthquake in Japan. So I've, I've done some pretty heavy things. I've met my husband... We've got two children, and I've got a beagle, my little Jeremy oh. Beagle. He's fantastic, and he's getting old now. And I, oh. yeah, I'm getting sad every time I look at him. I'm thinking, don't die. Yeah. I love you. I love you. I love that dog. Yeah, it's a different life now. So mm. although I haven't got an agent at the moment, and I'm not acting, that's my choice. Yeah. Because I don't want to be here, there, and everywhere. I want to be with my two children. Mm. So until they're at an age, never say never, mm. until they're at an age where, you know, I can leave them for a few days or a couple of weeks. Because imagine me going up to Manchester to film something for eight weeks. How could I leave my kids? Of course. I, could, yeah. I just couldn't do it. No. Um, so it's not fair on them. It's not fair on me. So um, I decided not to, to, to act while they're young. What ideally I'd love to do when they're a bit older, you know, and they're able to fend for themselves... Yeah. Um, is get back into uh, musical theatre because I sing. I've got agents there who've said, oh, I'd represent you in a heartbeat, which is lovely to know. Mm. And just tr- go down that avenue. I want to I wanna write a book. So I've got these things I want to do. But at the moment, I'm mummy. Yeah. Um, I work at the Bank of England as well. Um, again, can't tell you much about that. No, no. Um, but I, I work in the IT department there. So the, the advice I was given as a child, always have something to fall back on. 
you've got to have something to fall back on. If I was, you know, I speak to actors, want to be actors all the time, what advice can you give us? Have something else under your belt. Be flexible. Yeah. Don't be a one-trick pony. You know, you might have to do this, 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 teaching, training, you know, uh, IT as I do. So it's pretty lucky that I've got a, you know, quite a good brain. And, and if either of your boys showed signs of the acting bug... Oh, I dread this! Dear. A part of me goes, do it, and do it with all your heart, and, and go for it. And part of me goes, please don't be an actor, because it's it's dreadful. So many people want to do it these days. It's cutthroat more than ever. You know, it's it's a lot of social media, which I don't get on with very well. Mm. Um, it's a different world these days, and they're growing up into a very different world. So I, I would say... I'm torn if they've always got to do what they want to do. So if some, if one of them says to me, I want to be an actor, I'll be like that. You go and do it and I'll show them the best route through that I can imagine. Yeah. But at the same time, I've got to build them up to the disappointment. There's, there's, there's 75% disappointment, you know. You've got to be really tough to get through that. And I don't think a lot of people can, you know, being told that you're not pretty enough or you're too fat or you're not a leading lady. It, it, it's criticisms I've had. And really struggled to cope with. Now, if you said it to me in my forties, I'd be like, "Yeah, I know." But <laughs> in your twenties, it's quite yeah. damaging feedback, as you know, as a vulnerable young person. So you've got to be really tough, and you've got to have something else to fall back on. You've got to have a brain. But I think these days, it's erring more towards looks and really trained people in the media at the moment. There's a lot about people who are quite well off all going into the acting world because. In my day, it was the absolute opposite. Yeah. You know, you had train spotting being made. There was people being pulled from obscurity off the street, literally put in as raw, real people. Yeah. And it's the opposite now. Uh, mm. So I think no one would ever have the career path I have had anymore. I was just bloody lucky. And mm. I think now you've got to do it the proper way. You've got to have the training. You've got to be able to dance. You've got to be an all-rounder because uh, nobody just falls into it like I do anymore. And if they do... It's so exciting. You know, if I'd listened to my family, who I love and, and listen to all the time, in that respect, I would never have gone to that audition and my life wouldn't have gone on that path. Well, the listeners of this, myself included, are very, very grateful you went on the path that you did. And as they are enjoying this for free, is there a charity that means something to you that you'd like people to donate a couple of quid to if they feel so inclined? I've raised a lot of money for several different charities yeah. so to pick one of the ones I've already supported would be very unfair so what I'm going to say my beagle, Jeremy came from the beagle rescue um, so the, yeah, the beagle rescue would be absolutely brilliant oh, I'm so grateful that you've given your time today and you've met me And it's a pleasure what is your message to the fans of the bill who, who are still loving Cass. And honestly, when I, when I tweet later that I've met you today, people are going to be really envious and really happy. Really? I got, oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just make me laugh. Yeah. I remember when I was back in the bill and people would wait for me outside and all the fans would be outside. And I always had time for them because they're lovely people and mm. I know how passionate they are about the bill and how much they love it. And it's for them that we did it. And if you ever see me out now, even though I'll be thinking, why are those people staring at me? Because I'm not in that, you know, actor frame of mind anymore. I just think someone's looking at me strange. Come and say hello and I'll always be nice and I'll always give you a little autograph. Message for the Bill fans, thank you just for staying there through all the changes and through all the, um, the messing about with the scheduling and you mm. never knew when it was on. And they were always so consistent and always so nice and yeah, they, they made the show, you know, uh, the success that it is, I suppose, or was. 
The Bill was such a brilliant programme because young actors could go into it. It was a vehicle for people, for new talent and there's not that much of that anymore. Mm. And if they brought it back, obviously cast wouldn't be there. It would be fabulous for the new generation of actors. So yeah, Bill fans, keep watching and keep petitioning. And thank you very much for all your support over the years and for loving cast so much. She loves you back, straight back at you. What an absolute legend. I can't tell you what a nice lady Suzanne Maddock is. I spent the first 15 minutes being interviewed by her. She wanted to get to know me. So uh, such a delight. And uh, I'm so grateful to her for making the time to come and meet me. And big thanks to 007 himself, Ben Payton, for hooking us up. Thank you, mate. You can support other Beagles like Suzanne's Jeremy Beagle by making a donation to beaglewelfare.org.uk. Let's make a difference to a beagle. Do it for cats. The bill goes back to the beginning on the Drama Channel from Monday, and what better way to celebrate than a two-part podcast with one of the icons of the series. Next time on The Bill Podcast... I hate watching myself, but I have watched some of those old episodes. I like the first three series, which we did in batches of 12. And they stand up quite well, but they are slow. They are really slow. And actually, I quite like that, because you get drawn into the story. You don't feel like you're being madly rushed. Mm -hmm. But everything now is very, very fast. And I do wonder about the attention span of of a much younger audience. Mm. I wonder how they'll take to that. I wonder whether they'll go, gosh, this is slow, or whether they'll go, this is very nice because it's slow and I'm enjoying the story and I'm, you know, it'll be interesting to see.